everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith. I'm here to bring you the preview show ahead of Bayern Munich's match on Friday versus Hoffenheim. This should be an interesting showdown as Bayern Munich will kick off the second half of the season against Hoffenheim, which is a little bit of a rejuvenated squad. Uh, did not have high expectations for them entering the season, but they have fought and clawed their way up to seventh place in the Bundesliga table. So it's not like this game will be a pushover for a Bayern Munich team that did not look especially great last Saturday in a friendly versus FC Basel. So let's get right to it. Let's take a look at where each of these teams is in the standings as we are at the midpoint of the season. Well, the unofficial midpoint of the season, I should say. We had the winter pause. Obviously, the teams will have more games in the second half here, but for all intents and purposes, this is the start of the second half. Bayern Munich sits in second place at the Bundesliga table through 15 match days. Remember, they had that game canceled against Union Berlin because of the snow that will be played later this month. Bayern Munich has 12 wins, two draws, one loss. That's good for 38 points. That sits them four points behind first place Bayer Leverkusen. Bayern Munich also has 49 goals scored, 15 against, good enough for a goal differential of 34. Over the course of its last five league games, Bayern Munich has won four of those and lost one. The last match was a 2-1 win over Wolfsburg. Last loss in the league was that 5-1 debacle against Eintracht Frankfurt. I know all of you are trying to erase that from your memories, but unfortunately, it's reality. Uh, As for Hoffenheim, they sit in seventh place, as I said, through 16 match days, seven wins, Three draws, six losses. That's good for 24 points. They're one of three teams with 24 points, including sixth place, Eintracht Frankfurt. Again, thanks to that 5-1 victory over Bayern Munich. I'm sure that helped out a lot, especially with the goal differential. And eighth place, Freiburg, which also has 24 points. Eintracht Frankfurt has 26 goals for and 20 against, which gives them a goal differential of six. That's obviously the edge over Hoffenheim, which has a goal differential of two, given it's 32 goals for and 30 against. Freiburg has 21 goals for 26 against, so it has a negative five goal differential. So that's what divides or separates those three teams for that sixth place position. As for Hoffenheim, over the course of its last five Bundesliga matches, it has one win, two draws, and two losses. The last game out, Hoffenheim went through a four th- I'm sorry, a three-three draw with Darmstadt. So Hoffenheim not exactly riding the hot hand into the winter pause, but they are a team that I'm not sure many people expected to be in this position where they're contending for a spot in Europe. I certainly didn't have that expectation for them. I don't think Hoffenheim's a bad team by any means. Uh, obviously they have talent and they have some talent that has done some damage to Bayern Munich in the past. I just thought given some of those upper echelon teams in the league, uh, plus having teams like Freiburg, a rejuvenated Augsburg, at least they looked that way earlier in the season, Mönchengladbach, which has fallen off the table. Having teams like that would be a little bit of a buffer between Hoffenheim and getting to a European spot, but they are in contention. So uh, they have a lot to play for. This is a team that has, like I said, to me at least, exceeded expectations. It'll be very, very interesting to see how they come out and approach this game. Are they going to come out and play for a draw? Or are they going to come out and challenge Bayern Munich? And if you look at the top-end talent on the team, you can see that they they obviously have enough to compete with Bayern. I mean, you look at Oliver Bauman, uh, is an experienced goalkeeper, even at 33, is showing that he 
at times can take over a game. You look at some of the experience they have, Kevin Vogt, who is obviously someone who has been uh, linked to Bayern Munich in the past, uh, Attila Zalai, uh, center back. You have John Brooks. Uh, I mean, there, there, are, there are some players that have been around the block. Pavel Katerbach, another player who has a long history in the Bundesliga and at 31 has uh, obviously done some good things. Uh, Florian Grilich, who has a, a long history in the Bundesliga, especially with Hoffenheim as well. He is uh, on loan from Ajax. Anton Stach, a player who uh, joined from Mainz uh, and, and was on the radar of the German national team, has fallen off that a little bit. But, um, you know, he's still a player that you should keep an eye on. Dennis Geiger's been hurt. So that's a, that's one player that they will be missing. Tom Bischoff, the young 18-year-old, the attacking midfield prospect, someone who Bayern Munich has been linked to in the past. Mergen Barisha, who is battling an injury, of course, will probably not play in this one. Uh, Maximilian Bayer, who has seen his name uh, brought up in transfer talks. He has become quite the popular figure in uh, European football, Vut Weghorst, who uh, he's a, a BFW favorite in terms of uh, Tom Adams and myself. Like, I think just like talking about him because he's uh, a little bit ofy as a, as a striker, but we like watching him play nonetheless. Uh, this is a good Hoffenheim team that is still taking its time to come together. And I could have ripped off four or five other names. Andre Kamarik, I say, if I did not mention him, I should say him as well. He is one of those players who seems to have Byron always in his crosshairs, but this is a good team talent wise. Uh, it did take a little bit of time for them to come together, but it seems like they are rounding in the form. So how do they come out? How do they play against a, a bigger, better, faster, deeper team in Bayern Munich? It'll be interesting to see. Hoffenheim traditionally has been the kind of club that can give Bayern Munich trouble at times. And with players like Kramarik, Kramaric, who is, he is, again, someone who has had success against Bayern. He's been on Bayern Munich's transfer radar at times over the years. He's got something to prove. Uh, this is a, a team, I think, that could present some issues, just given the level of veteran that they have and the youthful exuberance that they do have in some areas as well. So I'm not expecting this to be a pushover. I do expect Bayern Munich uh, to, to be a, a favorite. And, and again, like I talked through some of those names, I didn't even mention Ozan Kabak, who is a player that was so highly regarded just a couple of years ago, but now seems to have kind of leveled off and plateaued a bit and is now settling into trying to reestablish his career and making a, a bigger name for himself at Hoffenheim to get back maybe to that level of exposure that he had before. But this Hoffenheim squad could present a lot of issues for Bayern Munich if they play a smart, disciplined game. Can they do that or can or will Bayern Munich force the issue on Hoffenheim and and really push the pace at them, which this this group of Bavarians definitely can do. Uh, when you look at Bayern Munich at this point, at least entering this match, they still are battling some injuries. And of course, they have some international duty conflicts. Uh, Daniel Peretz, he is out for a while, has an MCL injury. Tom Ritzy-Hulsman, who has uh, been a young goalkeeper, but he's been out for a while. He will obviously not be available for this. Uh, Tarek Buckman, been out all season for Bayern Munich, the young center back. It seems like this is going to be a lost season for him. Kim Min-Jae is off to international duty with Korea. Usar Mizrahi is not only hurt, but he, as soon as he's cleared, is probably going to be off to Morocco as well. 
Uh, Bunasar is out with a torn ACL. Uh, Conrad Limer's been nursing a knee injury, so his status is in doubt just a little bit for this one. I would assume he'll be able to play on Friday, but I'm not quite positive. I'm not a doctor, of course. Did not seem like it was anything major and that Byron was holding him out for precautionary reasons. But all that said, it, it remains to be seen just how much of a risk Byron wants to take with a player who be, could become increasingly important because of his role as a backup midfielder and backup right back. Kingsley Coman, uh, his return with, from a torn muscle fiber, uh, he's expected back soon. I don't think it will be in time for the game, so I'm not going to count him into my game day roster. Uh, I guess there's a slight chance that he could be back. Serge Gnabry, is, he's got a muscle injury. And he's expected to be out for about another month. So this is a banged-up Bayern Munich squad. They have uh, obviously a lot to play for. They don't want to lose any ground to Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, and I think after last weekend, they're going to want to come out and establish themselves. They're not going to want to, to waste any time. This is not a, a squad that can dilly-dally around and afford to drop points at this stage of the season. So they're going to have to come out with a strong lineup and that's where Thomas Tuchel always throws us for a loop. What exactly is he going to do? Because I feel like given the injuries that I, I've got a handle on what Tuchel's going to do, especially after he showed some of his cards against FC Basel. Now, I could be reading way too much into it, but we'll see what Tuchel does. As of now, though, this is how I predict he's going to come out. Manuel Neuer in between the sticks. I think that's a no-brainer, obviously. In the back line, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. I think the center-back combination is pretty obvious at this point. Daya Upamakano and Matthijs De Ligt. We'll see how they play together. I'm very eager to see De Ligt. He had spent most of the Hinrunda out with an injury, or multiple injuries, actually. So his his first half of the season was pretty much a wash. Upamakano was very good. Uh, we saw a couple of lapses from him, but nothing major. Overall, a very, very good first half of the season from him. Uh, I think it will help him having Delict back next to him because Delict is more of a vocal presence and a leader. Also provides a little bit more stability, I think. Uh, I liked Kim Min Jae in the first half of the season, but don't think it was up to the level that I, I think he played to last season. So I think Kim Min Jae might have been just struggling with a little bit of wear and tear, maybe struggling a little bit with adapting to his new surroundings. Again, very good first half for him, but not to that level that I think many fans expected to see him at. The outside back positions, this is where it really gets interesting on the back line. Alfonso Davies, despite being linked to very strongly to Real Madrid, which I'm sure we'll talk about on the weekend warm-up podcast that will be dropped on Friday, or I'm sorry, on Thursday. Uh, we'll talk about that situation, but he should get the call against Hoffenheim at left back. And at right back, I think it's going to be Joshua Kimmich. And it's very interesting because it could be Limer. We could see we could see someone else play out of position there. I think Byron's going to take it a little bit light with Limer right now, given his knee injury. They don't want to make it worse. Kimmich can obviously shift back and play that spot. So why not take advantage of that right now? I think you have better midfield depth than a lot of people want to admit. So when we shift up to the central midfield, I think we're going to see Leon Goretzka and Rafael Guerrero. Now, I know a lot of people are going to want to see Alexander Pavlovich. I want to see Alexander Pavlovich, and I hope that we do see Pavlovich and Goretzka. I think in this match against Hoffenheim, which could prove to be dangerous, that Tuchel's going to lean on his veteran there, so we will see Guerrero play. The only thing that I would say is iffy. If there's anything going on with Davies where the club has doubts about his status, whether it's something we don't know about, you know, an illness we don't know about, or if he's nursing something that, that hasn't been made public, 
we could see Tuchel hold off on Guerrero just because uh, he might want to save him in case there's something with Davies. But as of now, we know nothing about Davies uh, in terms of being sick or being hurt. So we can assume that Tuchel will probably look to Guerrero to play next to Goretzka in the central midfield. The attacking group, because of the injuries to Coman and Gnabry, there's only a little bit of intrigue there. Obviously, Harry Kane will start at striker. Leroy Sané will be playing one of the wide positions. I think Jamal Musiala will play the other wide spot, and I think Kane will be joined centrally by Thomas Muller. Now, I know that's a stretch, but we did see some very solid play out of that exact attacking group toward the end of the first half of the season. I thought it was very refreshing to see how those four players worked together and interacted. It's not necessarily a knock against Coman or Gnabry or anyone else on the bench, but I think those four players probably offer Bayern Munich the best chance to win at this stage of the season in big games. And right now I'm considering this Hoffenheim game a big game. You want to start out the second half with a win. I think you got to go with your best to do that. Now, we could see Tuchel opt for someone like Matisse Tell or Eric Maxim Chupo-Moting. Chupo has been linked to Manchester United. I don't know how serious that is. If it is somewhat serious, I doubt we'll see Chupo because I would think Bayern would want to ensure that he stays healthy. As for Matisse Tell, I think you know he was regarded as the winner of training camp over the past couple of weeks here and that he had really impressed the coaches. That said, I don't think if Byron plays this type of front four, which might actually resemble more something along the lines of a, a of a four two four type setup or some kind of alignment where Kane and Muller play basically as two strikers, uh, I think that it would be less likely to see Tell in that kind of lineup as you would want Jamal Musiala out wide and Leroy Sané out wide just because of their all-around games being better than Tell right now. It wouldn't shock me incredibly if Tuchel opted to play Tell next to Kane, but I think that he wants to ride Muller right now because Muller, quite frankly, had a very good close to the first half of the season. He just re-upped his deal. Basically, there's a lot of good vibes going around Thomas Muller and Tuchel in the club right now. Thomas Muller was listed as one of the three players who are, that are considered untouchable, even at his age for Bayern Munich at this point. So, I think we're going to see Moeller, and I think that's how it will stack up. To repeat that, it's Neuer at goalie, Upamakano and Delict at center back, Davies and Kimmich at the outside position, outside back positions, Goretzka and Guerrero in the central midfield, and the attack foursome of Leroy Sané, Jamal Musiala, Thomas Muller, and Harry Kane. As for a prediction on this match, it's very tough to tell what Bayern Munich team we're going to see. Are we going to see the group that came out flat so many times and didn't play up to its basically to its potential in, in so many games, but was able to scrape out wins? Are we going to see a tight contest like that? Or are we going to see a very dominant and attacking Bayern Munich side that plays without fear, that plays quick, that looks to be overly aggressive and attacking, and that has a lockdown defense? Uh, I think that's what we're going to see. And I think that this match is going to go down as a 3-1 victory. I know you guys love the 3-1 predictions, but I, I think Hoppenheim at times is going to show that it's got talent. It's definitely got enough to put a goal on the board, but Byron's just going to be too quick, too strong, and just better. And I think that's how the team needs to start the second half. And I think that's how Tuchel will guide them to do it. There's obviously a lot of speculation, a lot of transfer rumors, and the club is going to want to push through that get three points to start the second half here and and really set up to chase Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, you know, Bayern Munich is not 
normally in the position to be chasing a team like Leverkusen, but here we are. Bayern Munich's in second place, and they've got some work to do to catch the work self. So I hope you enjoyed the preview show. As I said, I'll be dropping the weekend warm-up podcast on Thursday, so make sure you check that out as well. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the flagship show from Monday, give that a listen as well as we hit on a lot of those transfer rumors that have really carried the news on the site this week. So uh, check all of those podcasts out and definitely hit our site up to, to read what's going down with Bayern Munich and Germany. Uh, you can always get me at the Barrel Blog. You can get our tweet meister, Tom Adams, at TommyAdams71. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can get Siler at CYL3R. You can get all of our great and wonderful podcasters and writers at BavarianFootballWorks.com. As I said, with the weekend warm-up dropping, we'll probably touch a little bit on Franz Beckenbauer as well and the impact that he had to both not even both, but Bayern Munich, Germany, and football overall. So save all of that stuff, and, and we'll use that for the weekend warm-up, and I'm sure they'll touch on that in the flagship show over the weekend as well. But as for this preview, let us know what you think about the show. Let us know what you think about the game. Give us your prediction, and we'll have a poll up on Spotify about who you think will win this one. So I'm picking Bayern Munich 3-1. Have a great weekend. Definitely check the game out on Friday. Have a couple of beers on me. We'll see you next time.